Hello, and welcome back to a special episode of Flow Podcast. This is Josh, and we just want to let you know that this uh, episode you're about to listen to was a round panel discussion that we had at our youth camp um, with some of our TikTok influencers. Um, you'll not hear from me or Jason, but this is just a great thing that we recorded that we want to let you guys be able to listen to and just uh, learn from it. So I hope you enjoy. I'm 19. I'm a worship pastor. We still got some praying on, so I'm going to step over here. Um, but, um, hey, um, some of the, I talked to some of you people. Y'all are supposed to come up on stage with me. We have one job, one job. Um, hey, it's okay. I was homeschooled. I'm not that good at uh, certain things like, like math. Um, that was a joke. Um, LOL. Hey, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of funny. Um, can you grab the chairs? Thank you. Um, I'm stalling for a minute. Um, I think it's funny. Uh, one of my favorite jokes is, like, for us, math includes one plus one plus one equals one. Because the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, praise God, you know? Nobody laughed. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to move. The thank you. Thank you, Caroline. I love you. Um, but so I have some friends that are coming up, and I have a bunch of questions in, in my pocket. Um, but just so you know what this week is, if you've been here, then praise God. If you're not here and you're just joining us, um, then basically for the whole week, um, there have been a camp going on called Scent. And um, so this morning, um, we were like, we're going to, wait. Wow, you stole my fancy chair. It, no, it's fine. I'm going to stand over here. Um, but this whole week, we've been talking about being sent. And um, a bunch of these guys over here, and um, stand up if you're with our group, the, the TikTok humans. Yo, what's up? So um, it, if you look at all these people that are standing up, there's some over here that are praying. Um, but we all met because of this little tiny app called TikTok. And um, Tyler over here, Tyler over here, um, who's at the church. Whoa. We all basically were like, we're going to come here and we're going to hang out with you guys um, because of this camp starting because of your dad and um, um, the Pastor Tyler, right? Is he up here somewhere? Over there. Yeah, him. Woo. Um, but so this whole week is capping off today. And uh, so this morning we were able to worship and um, we had a bunch of um, breakout rooms where we got to talk about some topics that were deep on our heart. And um, LOL. LOL. Um, why did I say that out loud? That was weird. Thank you. Lol. But um, over the day, we had these little pieces of paper that had questions, um, like blank space, um, for, for some of the kids to ask some questions. And so I have some of them in my pocket for some friends to answer. I, um, yeah. So y'all can be seated now. I realize I forgot. Yeah, um, hey, it's okay, I'm a Baptist, I forgot to do that. Um, usually, usually people um, of my denomination, we automatically sit if we don't have to. Um, so, right? Can I get an amen? Amen, cool. Um, so we're going to just go through some questions. Um, what is my time, Mr. Mr. J-Log? Oh, okay. Um, that is a dangerous phrase, I'm just letting you know. Um, but so I have some questions, and we're going to start off just by, um, to, to, um, to get everybody started, just so y'all um, can get a little bit about us, um, I'm going to hand it down and say your name, and then um, the question, first one, is how old were you when you got saved, okay? Um, so my name's Jamie, hi. Um, I was saved when I was a kid. I was blessed to have some amazing parents. They're actually right here. Um, that's my dad, that's my mom. <laughs> Woo! Um, 
my dad is a worship pastor of 35 plus years, and so um, they, they brought me up in the church, and um, I know most of our friends' testimony, so I was blessed um, to, to have known Jesus, like, as a kid, and um, then I rededicated my life um, to ministry um, when I was 11 years old at a conference, and I've been doing Jesus music ever since, but yeah, Jamie and uh, a kid, so. What's up? I'm Tanner. Um, <laughs> Um, I was not raised in a Christian household. I was actually very against Christianity most of my life, um, to praise God. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I got saved at 18. It was actually two years from July 17th, so almost there, yeah. You got saved at 18? Yes, sir. Wait, you're 20? Yes, sir. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. This whole time I thought he was 18, just like me. Okay, well, I'm 18. Uh, I got saved when I was 17. Oh, my name is Colin Ellis. Uh, what else do I say? Oh, yeah, I did not grow up in a Christian home, and I got saved. Oh, August, August of 2020, last year. Yeah. All right, my turn, I think. I'm Tyler. Um, hi. hi. <laughs> Boogie Woogie. I'm 21, uh, and I got saved when I was 14. So, praise the Lord. Hi, I'm Anub, and, and I got saved actually next week will be five years, June 25th of 20. Six, 17, so, yeah. Um, hi, my name is John. Um, I'm 16. I got saved, and so, actually, three weeks from now, it's going to be my year in the faith. Yeah. Um, God is so good, and he's just amazing, so, yeah. yeah. Hello, uh, my name is Bryce. Uh, hello, beloved. Um, so, uh, I'm 17 right now. I got saved. Um, when I was 15, about to turn 16. Um, so, yeah, I've been saved for almost two years now. Yeah. Hey, I'm Caleb. Hi, Caleb. I'm 20 years old, and, uh, man, the Lord, he took me out of the darkness this year on March 4th, 2021. Hey, everybody. Um, Name's Logan. Uh, hello. I do sometimes go by Edgy Veggie. Um, I'm not that good. Better than T-Log, though, for sure. Um, but I am, I'm 22. Are we supposed to say our age? Okay. I'm 22. I got saved when I was 19, so a little over three years ago. I don't remember the exact date. I'm not the best Christian in the world, so it was cold, though. I remember that. It was very cold. Uh, that's it. I'm taking my fancy chair. No, no, it's a, oh. <laughs> Bryce, I'm handing you the mic. Um, so, <laughs> so this next question, um, yeah. Um, this question um, is, how did TikTok, um, actually, no, first, sorry, Tyler. 
Yeah, hi. Um, who reached out to talk to each other? Um, so like, like I said, we're all from the internet, and most people um, do not, if someone messages you on the internet and says, hey, let's be friends and ask you to meet out in person, do not say yes unless you do some, some research, okay? Little context. Um, but Tyler, yeah, talk about how we're here. All right, so um, that question, uh, honestly, it means more to me than, than you would think uh, because all this started really through a Zoom Bible study. <laughs> and um, uh, that was, that sparked whenever my good buddy Caden, um, you guys be praying for him and for the others there in Africa right now doing missions. They're, they're doing the same stuff that we're out here doing in the States. Um, but they're out in Africa right now on missions. And Caden reached out to me, um, goodness, a little over a year ago. And he DM'd me, and I was kind of growing on TikTok a little bit, and Caden uh, <laughs> had, like, I don't even know, like, maybe a couple hundred followers or something, and so my pride had got to me because I was growing rapid, and I was like, who is this guy that's DMing me saying, hey, call me, here's my number? Like, <laughs> that's all he said in the DM message. It was just like, hey, call me. So I was like, okay. Um, I'm not going to do that. So then I just went inside and I actually ended up uh, having to go to my room. Well, the typical guy my age, he's on his phone all the time. So I checked my phone again and when I opened it, it opened up to that DM. It opened up to that message. And at that point, I was just like, okay. And honestly, I, I would say it was the Holy Spirit working. And I, I had a feeling I was like, I, I guess I'm going to call this dude. So I called him. He was like, Hey man, I'm Caden. We're we're gonna do a Bible study. You you in? You in? I was like, sure. <laughs> so we started Zoom Bible study um, that next Friday. Me and like six others with Caden, and um, man, it's the Lord has blessed it. He's blessed it immensely. And you know, that side grew. Um, people started joining in. We started getting to know a bunch of people. Um, Chandler Letner and his wife that are gonna be doing the worship tonight for the concert. They, uh, they're good buddies at Cadence, and we all got attached to them through the Bible study. And the thing about the Bible study is the Lord blessed it. It kept growing and growing and growing, and as it grew, the Lord blessed us with our accounts on TikTok to grow, right? Well, what do you think a bunch of single Christians our age are going to do whenever they meet a bunch of people online that are in the faith as they are? They're going to DM and talk to each other. <laughs> and so we did that. And then we just, man, we figured out, you know, people live closer than, than we think. We can meet up. We should get together. So honestly, from the Bible study to the praise house, if you guys are on Christian TikTok, Jana is here. She's <laughs> stunting over there. Um, and then we got Christ Crew. <laughs> There's like these different little sub subgroups all across the Christian TikTok platform. Church Pack has just started. Yes, Jamie, we'll get into that. Um, anyway, basically, to sum this all up, a bunch of groups all got together, um, and they started forming, and, and people just started becoming friends, and we started meeting people. And that led to one thing to the next, to where it became we would FaceTime every night with each other. We'd hop on Zoom calls. We would text each other all the time. We'd get to know each other more. Um, we, we'd find our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we became a part of this community. 
And then we started to be able to meet up. And we're like, the Lord is moving. Like, we get to Atlanta and we had what, Logan? Like, 70 people? We had like 70 people together. Huh? Yeah. It was, it was somewhere in there. And we are sitting here with 70 Christian, just true Christians, all in one area, one, one house, packing the room, worshiping, and just being in fellowship. Like, it's crazy. And we're from all over the place. And really, it's just God, honestly. That's like the background. At the end of the day, it's God. It, it was in his plan. And that's why we're all together and we can act the way that we do whenever we're all with each other and stuff. But that's how it. I feel like um, as the host, I have to be funny for a second. Um, so, like, I became involved with this group because Chandler, um, he, like, he has a great song and it's, like, been pushing him really, really far in his career. And so it's like, hey, Jamie, like, we know that you sing music, so why don't you join us on Friday nights and do the worship? Um, but the reason I became friends with Caden is because of a video that I posted uh, where I was singing the song Waymaker. And I got turning lives around and working in this place mixed up, and it kind of turned into twerking in this place. Um, and so that, like, but, uh, y'all, these, these guys are all awesome because uh, I know all of them personally. Uh, Bryce, how did TikTok um, – wait, hold on. Uh, how did – hey, hey, hey. Um, no. How did TikTok, um, with sharing the word, change your life? Okay, so – when I started sharing the word online, uh, it, it was kind of encouraging for me to, s to kind of like dive into my own word. Um, it ultimately started with me having like super, super deep questions and wanting to understand um, from a, a scriptural perspective, like what does the Bible have to say about certain topics? Um, so I would dive deep in mine and then I was like, yo, it'd be cool if, if people have the same questions, I can just answer them and tell them what I found out. And then start sharing that, and then people started enjoying it, and and I just like have this super like I just love sharing the word, and I love being um, intentional with people. So it allowed me um, to kind of create create conversation about God um, through a widespread amount of people um, just across the world, and and it's allowed me to connect with these guys as well. Like I wouldn't have met these guys um, without. Um, you know, God moving in my life and putting the call on me to share the word online as of right now. And I wouldn't be poured into by these guys either if that didn't happen or th those guys out there. And, and it's just, I'm super blessed. I'm super blessed. But it overall changed my life personally because um, it allowed me to hold myself accountable. Like reading and, and wanting to teach others made me want to apply scripture to my life as well. And that was ultimately probably the biggest turnaround for me as a Christian is I grew up in a Christian household, had the label, but I never applied anything to my life. Um, so wanting to preach the word, <laughs> I got convicted because I was like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> and and so, so I was, I was like, all right. So I would read, 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 and I just like, I don't know. I just loved applying it to my life, and then seeing others so genuinely joyful and excited to learn um, and learn the word for themselves. So it it was honestly a win-win, win for the kingdoms, a win for me. So yeah. Um, we're going to jump over here to my question. Um, so I, we've been talking a lot about like, like us, um, and like the group. Um, but I think the cool thing that, that y'all aren't seeing is that we're like, like over the last few days, we've been like 
you know, to, to hang out and to stuff, we've been going out. And um, like, like we were d- in downtown Lexington and um, prayer ensues, which is uh, something that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to I'm going to have this man talk about in a second. Um, but ultimately, we're not here for us. Um, we're here because we have one objective, and that is to make Jesus known. And um, so so the cool thing about making Jesus known is that we all have a direct way that we can let people know that. And it's called our testimony. And uh, so this question is why, when, and where did you get saved? And so I'm going to hand this question over to um, to our friend Anna because um, I love you and I love your testimony. And so, <laughs> why, when, and where? That's a lot of W questions. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna yeah bring it back down to the basics. <laughs> Thanks guys. Um, I grew up in a Muslim home, and so. My, for generations and generations, my entire family have been Muslim, and I'm a first-generation Christian. Praise God. And, like, I just love to tell people all the time that the Lord just reaches the untouched and the unseen so many times because, like, he reached out to a Muslim girl at the age of 16 in a home where generations of Islam was. Like, there was no way, and there was, it wasn't even people. It was just the Lord. I walked into the church for the first time for free pizza. So praise, praise pizza. Um, <laughs> But that's the why. I actually walked in to a youth group for the first time for free pizza. Um, and I went with an atheist friend of mine. And I just remember her leaving, and I was there. And so I had to catch a ride with somebody else, but they were leaving, like, later on. They were saying the entire service. Um, and so during that time period, I just sat in the foyer, and I was kind of, like, just, like, I'm going to burn. Like, I thought I was figuratively going to, like, burn in hell. Because um, that's what I was taught. You walk into a church, you burn. Um, but I just remember like seeing the worship and I walked in and the way that people were like praising God through their voice, praising God through the music, praising God, like even in the midst of like brokenness. And I walked into a Pentecostal church my first time. So it was like crazy. People were like crying on the floor and like, (laughs) I was just like, what is this? Um, and I just remember sitting in the back of the room and I like, I don't even know why, but I began crying. And the song I Surrender was playing by Hillsong. It's an oldie. Um, and I had no idea what these lyrics meant. But because of that moment, I just kept going back and back. Um, and I just felt the Lord tug on my heart. And, like, ever since that moment, I just I, I recognized that Jesus was more than a prophet to me, that people in this church were praying to God as, as a friend. They weren't looking for routine or, like, this thing that they had to do, a giving ship mentality, they were running into his arms even in the midst of the brokenness, even in the midst of the untouchable love. Like in the midst of their dirty, they'd be like, Jesus, even if that's all they could say. And I wanted that. And so I kept going back. Um, And then after two and a half years, I hid my faith. um, And I was disowned after the day before my baptism, actually. Um, but the Lord worked like crazy. Like there's not one moment that the Lord hasn't worked in my life. And actually a week and a half ago, I got to talk to my mom for the first time in three years. So that was like fully the Lord. And I got to see my siblings. And so like, I just, if there's anything that I can tell you from the story of my life is that the Lord reaches you even in the midst of like oh, Lord, I, I'm unseen, I'm unheard, I, I feel like no one's around me, I doubt you, but he sees you, and he's looking for you, and he's searching for you. He goes out, the, the word says he leaves the 99 to search for the one, and that one is your wandering heart. And so I feel like 
if that's all my testimony could give you, like recognize that the Lord seeks that out and he loves you beyond and he's going to give you back what you have lost tenfold. Like the way that he's restoring my family and I, like I just, I am believing my entire family is going to come to know Christ. And I am declaring that. Um, but the beauty of who he is wasn't in anything that I could ever feel. It wasn't in anything that I could ever do. It was just simply obeying him in adoration. And so recognizing that and walking with him in that moment. But, yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to answer a question real quick. Um, and because we're kind of segmenting into a different section uh, off of us because we half of these guys have a big ego anyway. Um, but... That was a joke. Never mind. What? LOL. I have y'all. I said y'all have a big ego. Okay. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm not even gonna lie. Um, talking with a lot of people, um, people don't realize that the the second that people start gaining followers on any social media platform, you get very concerned with likes and very. And I can tell you that um, I've seen almost every single person in this group. Um, be like, man, you know what? I've been really struggling today because I that TikTok platform, that TikTok app is making me want to open it really, really hard. Um, but we're going to focus um, a little bit, and we're going to look um, now to God and how, um, at least individually, we can offer some some advice. Uh, but the first one is is a is a question that I think is really good that doesn't get um, approached sometimes um, because we love to fit God in a box. And the question is. The question is. Yes. Amen. Um, if God can do anything, can he create something that he can't do? Um, so, so I think that we've actually kind of gotten this phrase wrong. Um, God cannot do anything because God will never do something that's against his nature. Um, it's the same thing as like, I'm going to tell all of you right, right here. I, my dad gave me this like five minutes ago. Um, tell your heart to stop beating. Tanner, nope, you're, you're still, I, I can still see it in your eyes. I'm sorry. Um, but God will never be able to do something that is not perfect. And see, if God were to create a rock that is so big that God cannot move it, either the rock becomes God or God is not God. And see, um, the God that we serve is not bound by anything that we know. And if anything, um, we were talking today in one of the groups that there's three things that everything that we know to be true exists when that space time and matter. You have to have something, you have to have something to fill the something, and then you have to have something to put the something on a timeline. I said something way too many times, but you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heavens, there's space, and the earth, there's matter. See, God showed in the very first verse of the Bible that he was not bound by anything that we know, because if God was fit into a box, he wouldn't be God. And um, so now we're going to go into this question is looking at this God that we know to be true, how can I really pray? And um, I'm going to hand this over to, to this man, Logan. And real quick, just to, to, to talk about him for a second. Um, we're in downtown Lexington, and we walk up, and, and we start walking, and there's this man that's, like, um, on the side of the street. And Logan's, like, walks over to this man and starts talking. And this man starts pouring out his heart about, about how he loved God. And um, then we sat there, five of us, in the middle of Lexington on the side of the street praying for this guy. Um, so... He has a heart for prayer, so I'm going to let him talk about what, how can you truly pray? Hey, guys. Logan again. Um, Hello, Logan. Thank you. Um, 
So yeah, before I want to talk about how we pray, I kind of want to touch over why we pray. Mm. Um, and so going with this as a as a Bible-believing Christian, I fully believe, am I, am I cut? Oh, I'm going to move on here. All right. Um, I fully believe that God is, we, we serve a sovereign God, that we serve a God that is completely in control, mm. I, I, that we serve a God that doesn't need a thing from us. The Bible says that, as Daniel mentioned it um, today, that uh, Jesus rebukes these people um, as they were telling him to have his followers stop praising him. And he says, even if they didn't praise him, surely the rocks would cry out in their place. And so saying that, I believe that God is in control and he doesn't need us. Yet at the same time, I fully see in scripture that the Lord does answer and is moved by prayer. And so we see it all throughout scripture, um, whether it be Jesus in the garden, whether it be um, in Old Testament here and there. Um, one specific story that I think about a lot is the story of Jacob as he wrestled with God. And you see him, he says, he, he's, he knew the blessing that God had for him. And he wrestled with God and, and wouldn't let go of God until he received his blessing. Um, and so there's this, um, there's this two sides of it. There's, man, God, I don't, I know you don't need me, Father. I know you delight in hearing my voice and I know you delight in responding to these prayers. And so I want to talk about that too. And then I want to talk about the, the promise of, of prayer in scripture. In, in 1 John 5, we see um, this beautiful scripture and it says, um, it says, if you ask anything in my will, you can have the confidence that he will give it to us. And so anything that we ask in the Father's will, we can be sure that he will give it to us. And so for me, it's much harder to know things when you're praying for specific little things or asking these specific questions. But for me, what I hold true is the promises of God that I know are in Scripture. And so that's the first thing I pray for. And so as the Bible talks about, Man, those who abide in Christ, there is fullness of joy in there. It talks about it in John 15. And so, man, when I go to pray, I call God, and I, I'm, not, I'm not telling God to do anything that he's not. But I'm saying, God, I believe that you are faithful. Your word says in Psalm 145 that he is faithful in all his words. And so when you say this, I believe it, Father. And so I'm coming to you in boldness and in full faith, asking for you to move. And so... and. Oftentimes we overlook the fact of prayer, whether it be because of what we may believe about God or what we've seen from it. Um, but we see in James 4, 2 and 3, uh, James says, you do not receive because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask wrongly for your own selfish gain. And so there's this, there's this first fact that we don't, we don't even pray. And when we do pray, so often we ask wrongly. And whether it be for our own selfish gain or we lack the belief that God can do that. And I think, um, again, we, we read in 1 John 5 that it's only in, if it's in his will that God will respond to prayer. And so we have to hold that assurance to that. But then at the same time, we see all throughout Scripture, Jesus saying that your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. And again, it, you can have as much faith as you possibly want. If it's not in God's will, it doesn't matter. He won't answer that prayer. But it's at the same time, so often... There's this, there's this biblical truth. The Lord responds to our faith. And so I, th I think it's something that's so overlooked time and time and time again. And so that's the why um, and the how. Um, when I pray, I try and look 
at the scriptures and see the way that these great men and women of God prayed. And we see this, um, obviously we see there Jesus, how he tells us to pray. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see this, you see Jesus approach God with this, the Father with this awe and respect for him, this reverence, knowing that um, he is God. And um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it is his will. We want his glory. Are we seeking his glory or our own? On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And the, w- the uniqueness to the daily prayer, the in every moment. Um, gosh, I got to give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Um, asking for forgiveness as he comes before him. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And so Jesus maps out certain things, but we also see... Um, we, we see, as, as I mentioned in James 4, I have that fear sometimes that I'm praying out of my flesh. I'm praying, I'm asking for these things. But we see in James 4, it says, because we can ask wrongly. And so I like to look at Psalm 51 as, as David is pleading before Bathsheba, or not before Bathsheba, before God, because of Bathsheba, the thing that happened. Um, stuff went down. Um, but he says, renew a right spirit within me. Um, and so I, I love, and as I'm praying that, I know that I can have the confidence that the Lord is going to renew that right spirit because I know that's in his will. And so I get to ask these things. I get to call on my father, and I get to trust. And it's not in a, Father, I demand you to do this, but it's a, Father, I know if you say the word in one moment, in one second, it will be done. And so I trust you in that. And so I want to say that. I just want to give you a few testimonies of what I've seen in prayer um, that week when um, there's like 80, 70 people at my house, plus minus a few cops that showed up a couple times. Um, but man, there was, the Lord had just been teaching me a lot about prayer, and I was just like, God, I believe you. I believe your word. Um, I believe that you delight in answering prayers. And so um, I was asking the Lord diligently, and there's five separate days, four of which um, was a person. I prayed for in the morning, and then a fifth one before everybody got there was someone I met that day. But I specifically asked that one person for the Lord to um, allow them to be saved and to grant them mercy. And there was five days that week where I saw in the morning I prayed for that one specific person, and whether through it was a conversation with me or someone else completely, um, by the end of the day they were a believer. Um, I've seen, I've seen the way another way reason we pray is so that we can be intentional with God, that um, we remind ourselves that he is in every moment. Um, He tore the veil completely. We are living temples of the Holy Spirit, and he is constantly around us. And so this one morning, I was just like, all right, God, like, what do you want me to wear today? Like, help help me out. What should I wear? And very confidently heard him tell me to wear an Olaf onesie. And so put on this snowman costume, um, told Told him lead me to go to um, this coffee shop middle of downtown. Felt really awkward. There was a lot of cool people there. The barista was cute. Um, I felt this wasn't the best way to impress her probably, but um, I went there and there was there's I had about 30 conversations that all started because of this onesie I was wearing, and every single one of them ended with a conversation about Jesus, including someone coming to know the Lord, and so. Um, the Lord is an intimate God. Yes, thank you. Praise Jesus. Praise uh, Jesus. But, yeah. Like God is an intimate God, and he 
he delights in hearing the prayers of his people. Um, so we're going um, so to, we have two more questions that we're going to hit really quickly because we got we to gotta wrap it up time-wise. Um, and so Caleb and John, if y'all would answer this and then just pass it on down and to, to Colin and Tanner. Um, but so for y'all, it's you feel that God doesn't, actually, I'll just get the mic from you. I'll just answer this. I feel like God doesn't talk to me. Um, what are ways that you can tell? First of all, I didn't mind this, that it's a common misconception that God only talks to us through these four strategies. It happens, but God will speak to us. Is that better? All right. God will speak to us through conviction of the Holy Spirit. He'll speak to us through his living, breathing word of God. He'll speak to us through confirmation from brothers and sisters. Um, now, one thing I've experienced in my life is I've had periods where I'm just sitting there waiting on the Lord to speak to me, to guide me, and I feel like he's not listening. He may not be speaking to me, but every time that's ever happened, every time I've had a revelation of things I was holding on to that was getting in between my communication with him and my intimacy with him, whether that's holding on to a sin and not repenting over a sin or whether or not that's um, pursuing things out of a selfish ambition, anything. But the biggest thing of all is that remember that God doesn't only speak to us, you know, like we think he does, or like we see in Bible stories and like the burning bush or, you know, taking us like completely out of it and giving us a revelation like John had from the book of Revelation. But he will speak to us through his word. He'll speak to us through conviction because if you can't, you can't get um, communication with the Holy Spirit through conviction in your life, and you're you're not open to that, and you're not open to surrendering things in your heart, then you really won't have that intimacy with Him. And just also, I've experienced as well as like I like I said, um, confirmation through brothers and sisters, you know, in prayer. Prayer is honestly the biggest thing out of all of those because yes, we might not hear a voice, but God. God will touch our lives. He will show us something during the day that we may not pay attention to. So that, that would be my answer to that question. Did I answer that? Yeah. All right. My next one. What? Same question. Same question. Um, so I basically go off of what he said. Um, a lot of people, I know that I say this a lot, but there's a lot of verses in the Bible. There's 31,000. The thing about these 31,000 verses is that in Romans 15, it tells us about um, every verse that was written in history throughout the time has been used and can be used as an example for us. Um, the book of Luke. Luke writes in the very first chapter to this guy named Theophilus. And Theophilus is speculated to not be saved. But he says, hey, you don't have to hear us orally preach. You can read this written word because this is the testimony of people walking with Jesus and Jesus' life alone. So we see God's um, words to us through um, through Jesus and through the gospel. It's through a proper exegesis. And I don't know the definition of an exegesis fully, but I think it's us looking at the word of God, not from us being in it, I think it is, but us being outside of it, if that's what I think it's supposed to be. Exegesis? What exegesis? Exegete means to let the Bible 
uh, let, let the word influence us rather than eisegesis, which is us influencing the word. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but just looking at the word of God. So we're going to, um, we're handing it down to, to Colin Tanner, um, and the question is, how can I get closer to God? Um, so yeah, if both of y'all want to hit that yeah. quickly. Okay, well, um, here you guys go. You want to just meditate on that? I'm Colin. <laughs> um, Hi, Colin. Hi guys. So um, I think I want to mention one thing real quick. So I was saved August 2020, um, but I've been in the church since 2017, since around like October-ish. Um, and the thing that happened with me was I, I went to the church for the first time in my life, and I loved it, and I was in it, but I was still living in sin. So my first thing is for two years, for 2017 to 2020, for three years, right, almost three years, I lived in the church, but I lived in sin. I lived for God in the building, but I lived for my flesh outside of the building. And for many of us, that's our problem. As we're walking out of the building, we're walking right back into our flesh. It's like when we walk in, they, they played a Iron Man video earlier. We walk into the Iron Man suit in here, but then as we walk back out, we walk into the black Spider-Man suit, like the evil Spider-Man, the Venom suit. Like not just like use a term that's like gr graspable, got, yeah, but like easier to grasp. That's, re that's reality what I was doing. I'd walk in the church into my Ephesians 4 armor of Christ, and then I'd walk out get out of the armor of Christ, where it's most important to have it, I live in sin. It was fun. It was amazing. I went back to parties. I went back to girls. I went back to all these things that was my previous life. And it was incredibly fun, and I'm not going to lie. But it wasn't fulfilling. So when I came back here, I was like, how can I get closer to God? And it was a couple months ago when I learned Doing the Christian walk isn't about being a Christian. Fun fact, the Greek word christianos, which means Christian, shows up three times in the New Testament. You know how many times the word disciple shows up? Over 150. Disciple translates to apprentice, apprentice to student. And then there's very few times that the New Testament uses the word rabbi, where it chooses not to translate the Hebrew word rabbi to the English word teacher. So there's a Hebrew word named, it's rabbi, it means teacher. But then there's a Hebrew word that translates to apprentice, which is us. So the student to our teacher, and our teacher is Jesus. Mm. What I began to realize is that more so in scripture, I was asking myself, how do I get closer to God? And it's like, well, we're called to be like Jesus. We're called to walk in the steps that he walked in, to sit in prayer for 40 days and 40 nights. I've never done it. It would be so cool. Trust me, it takes a big leap of, faith, leap of faith. But we're called to be apprentices to him, not just Christians. What's the point of calling yourself a Christian if you're not a student to your father, if you're not a student to Jesus? The way that he walked is the way we're supposed to walk. He was the perfect example. He is the perfect God who is living and comes and says, I want to perfect you. That's James 1, 2 through 4. The Greek word for teleos used in the New Testament is, or the Greek word for perfect is teleos. And teleos means to continuously perfect. So it's like a, a walking uh, sanctification. It steps into it. And so I wanted to real quickly read a verse. It's 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while. If necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. These trials may be your lack of connection to God. You feeling as if he's gone. Let me tell you, God's not gone. 
You don't come to Christ. Christ comes to you. You don't find salvation. Salvation finds you. And you don't find love. Love finds you. The, the hand is right there reached to you. You just have to extend to it. You have to give up things for Christ. Because when you look at Christ's life, you're like, oh, well, that's not fun. He didn't party. Fool. Yeah, he did. He partied with sinners. But he preached to those sinners. And he didn't sin while doing it. Hmm. Verse goes on and it says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith. See your trials? They're to test your faith to make you stronger. But this is the coolest thing. It says it's more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. Why do, we, why do we talk about our faith as if it's nothing? Get closer to God by realizing that God's alive and real and not just in heaven. God sits on the throne of heaven, but he sits in the throne of your heart. Or does he? Or is it you that sits on the throne of your heart? Because where pride lives, heaven can't live. You must be humbled. See, there's a quote I heard recently. It is the most beautiful, natural, and blessed thing to become nothing, so God may be all. I'm sorry I'm taking a lot of time. Um, and here's verse 8. This is the most beautiful verse. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, because you will in eternity, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. My last point is this. If you're being a Christian, cool. Step it up a notch. Let's be apprentices. Let's be students. Let's walk in the steps which Jesus walked. Because the steps he walked in were perfection. He calls us to be not conformed to this world. Romans 12, 2. He calls us out of that. And just like Jana talked about earlier, we freaking put the chains back on and accept being average. Proverbs 1, literally the first proverb, one of the wisest books in the Bible says, God does not like those who like to be average, basically is what it says, I think, pretty much. But it's like, he's basically saying, like, the average? Come on, bro. You're my son or my daughter. Get up and walk in my perfection. So be an apprentice. Be his son and his daughter and his student. I promise you, maybe your teachers in school suck, but this teacher doesn't. He's perfect. That's all. How to get closer to God. Um, I, I see so much propaganda in this question. How to get closer to God. It, this is something I ask myself every single day for the first year that I was a Christian. How to get closer to God it is based on your feelings. L let me be very blunt with you really quick. It, it's not about your feelings, and I'll never testify to my faith being to my feelings because for so long I was so lost because of my feelings. So what I want to say is the reason you are so far, quote unquote, far away from God is because you are basing everything on your feelings and you're not taking surrender, right? See, surrender isn't about your feelings. I, I don't know if you've seen me worship, but I, I think I'm pretty rowdy. <laughs> I, I love to jump up and down. I love to surrender in worship. And, and the thing about that is I honestly don't feel anything during it. I, I go over there, I pray that God will just show me something, reveal something, bring me to someone, and, and most of the time I don't feel anything. If you've talked to me this week, I've talked about how I don't know what happiness is in at this point in my life. I've talked about how it's so hard because this propaganda 
question has been embroidered into my own mind. I can't fathom the, the answer to that question because I don't think there is an answer. Because that question bases our faith in, in an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-everything all God on a mere feeling. So, so what I want to say to you tonight is full surrender. The, the, the only way to, to truly find a closer way to God is full surrender. One of my favorite books is Ecclesiastes. I'm a sad boy. I love Ecclesiastes. It's so beautiful. I, I love writing poems. It's, it's my thing. And what's so beautiful about this, this book called Ecclesiastes is that it finishes with the second to last verse saying this. These things don't matter, but what does is fear God and keep his commandments. So many times we, we base everything on our feelings. Man, I, I'll be the first and the last person to say that because I'm an overthinker. You, you can ask Gabe. I text him constantly. I'm like, what the heck is going on in my brain, dude? Like, I can't do this any longer. It makes no sense. But what I've realized in the past month is full surrender is not about how you feel, but about what God did on that cross for you. I, I love talking about the gospel because it's finished. I, I love talking about Jesus because he surrendered everything for a uh, a human that won't even surrender their phone at night. So, how to get closer to God is not about a certain thing, but I do think that one thing that I have learned that has helped is prayer, and that's thanks to Logan. Uh, that man, when I first met him, taught me that prayer is everything. Man, for so long, I was so judgmental in my head. Like, I, I would see these guys on TikTok, and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. I'd never want to be like them. I'm serious. I'm not going to sit here and lie. But what I've realized is prayer is a form of surrender. What, what I've realized is worship, whether you're jumping up and down, you're sitting, whether you're doing anything, you can still surrender. You don't have to look like everyone else. Because it's not based on how you feel. And I feel like what happens a lot of times is we base what we do here or what we do out there on how we feel instead of how God felt on that cross. We, we would rather do what we are doing because we want to feel good instead of do something for the Lord so that the heavens can roar. So what I want to say to you is how can I be closer to God? Surrender it all. It's not easy, but... It's worth it. I remember the night I gave my life to Christ. That was surrendering it all. I remember a few nights ago, Bryce was sharing his testimony. I was weeping for two hours straight with that woman and that man right there. I honestly didn't feel any of my own emotions in that moment. I felt everything of his hurting. And that was surrender still. It, it wasn't about how I felt. It was about what I was doing to amplify and surround myself with the spirit of God. So if there's one thing that I want you to take away from tonight, 
getting closer to God isn't just feeling better about yourself. It's about pursuing him with your whole heart. That's what the Old Testament talks about. That's what the New Testament talks about is doing things with your whole heart. Because that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean you're not going to sin. It means that whatever you do, it is for the Lord, even when you mess up. So do it all for God, and that's how you get closer. Logan, I'm going to ask you to... I'm going to ask you to pray, and then we're going to sing this song, and then I'm going to hand it over to, to j Log. I'm so sorry. Um, Dear Jesus, we just, we just thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you that we have nothing here to give. Father, I thank you that we can't bring anything. God, you give us everything. Time and time and time again. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the work that you are doing, the work that you've done, the work that you plan to do. God, we just praise you for the words that were spoken, Father. Any words that were from you, God, let them be heard. Father, any words that weren't, God, let them fall to the ground. But Holy Spirit, I ask that the rest of this night, the rest of this day, the rest of our lives be about you. Father, I pray for every single person in this room, Father, whether they've known you for years or have never, never truly known you, Father, in full faith, I ask that you pierce their hearts. God, that you grant them repentance. Father, that you have mercy on us. Father, I thank you just for the story of, of Saul that turns into Paul, Father. I thank you that your ways don't make sense to us, Father, that we try and figure out every one of your plans, God, and in one moment you flip it all upside down. So, God, I pray for those that are farthest from you, God, pray that you pierce their hearts, even if they haven't thought this entire day that it was worth coming. Father, and I pray for those that are close to you, God, that you draw them in closer. How we need you just to need you, Father. How we long to never long for another. Come and have your way tonight, Father. In your mighty matchless, precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out flowpodcast.org to send in your questions or topics and get your official Flow merch. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to get your faith life and off-the-wall fix during the week. Till next time, and remember to go with the flow.